Hey friends, welcome to Life Together Unscripted. This podcast is for those of us who are just a bit tired of everything that looks so polished and schmick in the world. Production that's squeaky clean that you know has been practiced a million times. So we are hopeful that you enjoy the unedited and unscripted nature of this show. We can promise you that this episode you're listening to today uh, was unplanned on the front end and unedited and untouched on the back end. So we hope you enjoy this episode. This is Life Together Unscripted. Hi, Tisan, are you there? Yes, I'm there. Hi, good morning. Happy lockdown to you. Yes, always. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Hoping for some good news today, I I reckon. I love lockdown. Do you? Yeah, I love it. Yeah, well, let's start with that. I was going to ask as an artist, how are you doing? Tell me what you love about lockdown. Well, give me so much space to think, to create, to the energy kind of quiet down, the world become normal. I just love it. I'm in my element when it's done. <laughs> yeah, there are things that uh, rise to the surface with those values, hey, in terms of appreciation and... Yeah, um, it's amazing. But also, it's much quieter. Yeah. I, yeah. I love it. I love it. <laughs> what, what area are you in again? You know uh, the gallery is in St. Kilda. Yeah, okay. So the streets are pretty quiet then today, I would imagine, in the last few days. Yes, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm uh, just next to Barclay Street and it's just really busy. So suddenly I can open my window and, and enjoy the quiet. I love okay. it. I love it. <laughs> so good. what about you? How have you been? Uh, yeah, good. Thank you. Um, uh, all kinds of things. I've, I've moved down to the Bellarine and um, it's beautiful down here. And, and we appreciate the quiet, um, yeah, country vibes as well. So, oh, um, yes. yeah. Sure Reconnecting with you. creation and nature and, and all of that has been quite beautiful and remarkable. Sure. Yeah. Well, hey, um, how about what's this last year been like as an artist for you um, as it relates to, um, I guess, sales and um, has that increased, decreased? Have you, um, what's God been showing you over the course of the last year? Oh, gosh, it was just an amazing journey. It was it's been like I got crucified <laughs> and then completely peeled from everything I thought and then kind of start again completely from mm. scratch. I, I think yeah last year was like a, a very turning year for me and it was amazing. It was really hard. The yeah. pruning part was really hard and upsetting but, but the, what came after was amazing so I'm really thankful. Yeah, it, it always is. And that's where God does his best work, hey, in the midst of that pruning. We we want to squirm and we don't like it and it's uncomfortable. And Yes, um, I was know. squirming. <laughs> yeah. I was yeah. seriously squirming. And also the business is to, had to close down. It just everything. And I had organized this huge exhibition in Sydney and that got canceled. And it was such a... For me, I had said to God... This is my last exhibition in Sydney, or I break through, or I stop. Mm. And everything was going towards the breakthrough, the, the interview, the, I was on the cover of the magazine, or the, I don't know, something. It was There was so much working on my favor, for my favor, on my favor, mm. I'm not sure how to say. Mm-hmm. But because I asked God, 
if it works, I continue. If it don't go through, I stop. And, and God is such a gentleman because it didn't happen. Mm. So I didn't have to face the reality or am I successful or not. It was mm. this way for me to say, stop, stop. So mm. I stopped completely painting. Wow. And, um, and I started sculpture. <laughs> so, yeah. Yes. So, so have you stopped painting then? Is that what you said? Sorry? Oh, so have you stopped painting as of last year? Is that what you said? Yes. Okay. It's not, because for me, painting is a huge thing. It's a passion. And I think with time, it has become, became an idol. Mm. And, and, mm. and there were no in-between. Doing a little bit of painting, is, it felt like being a little bit alcoholic. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It, it couldn't work. So I, I think God wanted me to be completely his and available. Mm. And that was, I think, in the way. Yeah, absolutely. So we got it. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, I've heard people um, say that whether it's um, a passion or whether it's addiction, whatever it is, but I've heard it said that, you know, I don't know how to not accelerate. All I know how to do is, is hit the gas pedal or, or go at this full, full steam ahead. Yes. Um, yeah. And there's, um, yeah. It's, it's exciting because from squirming, you no, know, I'm full speed, full speed ahead with so many projects and creativity and modern art video and oh, so much. It's amazing. Yeah, so what's um, filling your time and space? What, what's something that you're um, excited about? Where, where, where's your energy been placed? What does that look like? Okay, first of all, I need to be careful that my energy is placed not to go back to a new addiction. So my sculpture, for example, is moderate. I ask God and I really share my time with that and other stuff because it would be so easy for me to, to go crazy because I love it so much. But my time, would, I say, is divided between sculpture, writing a book, create Christian mini video for artists, Christian on a Christian, but with a, a good news message kind of. And mm -hmm. um, I just bought a little piece of land somewhere. So we need to look after it and put something on it so we don't have to camping, <laughs> to do camping each time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And then I've got more artists coming in the gallery and each time these artists are kind of become the spiritual mummy. So there's lots of talking and listening and sharing. So Wow. There's so much there that I'd love to kind of um, uh, love to get your ear about it. I'd be keen to know, first off, what's the book about? The book is more like a biography. It's, it's, I know it's feel pretentious, but it's really how God changed me as a corporate woman living for power and money to, to who I am now. The journey of letting go of this, it's just the understanding of the sacrifice to pay to know God. And I think we think it's sacrifice across Jesus and it's really like scary, but actually, for me, the sacrifice is the sacrifice of everything I thought I had to do, everything I thought 
I had to be everything I thought that I needed to confirm to society, to expectation, to and and prove myself completely. So I'm totally free in my mind, in my spirit, and in my body to do exactly what God asked me to do, which means not being revolutionary because I'm, you know, I'm con I'm from a very conservative background but really pruning all the idea that what a mother should do, a wife should do, an artist should do, a human being should do and stay in touch with the rules of God and not the rules of this world. Yeah, that's really good. Has there been any um, major breakthroughs for yourself as it relates to that process? Has there been um, something that has been particularly liberating or has God shown you something about one of those um, you know, archetypes that you had, mother or wife or artist, um, that he wanted you to let go of or, or showing you a different way of living or being? Yes. Yes. Totally. And um, how can I say that? It's just, it, it first starts with when I was working as a businesswoman, the, the revelation I had and the voice of God I thought I hear was, um, what would you do if you have one year to live? Mm. And that really, my, it's like a mirror that was broken, go back to one big pieces. It was really simple. I wanted to be an artist. I want to wear comfortable clothes and I want <laughs> to live in a warmer country. Mm-hmm. And I was... Eat and the sacrifice was to sacrifice power and money and attachment to thing and family and 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 to what people think and then go and from there on I always live holding tightly on God's hand asking what would I do if I had one year to live because that often gives me clarity of what is not important. Mm-hmm. And then when I know it's not important, I let go of it. Mm. Yeah, that's wonderful. Yeah, there is such a um, vivid image of letting go of something. I always, um, when I talk to people, uh, they don't often see that they're holding on to something, or even myself, that we're holding on to something or gripping onto something so tightly that we want. Um, but that release to God can be so cathartic and, um, and freeing and liberating. Yes, and I think for men and women, this idea of the perfect wife and the perfect husband and all the rules that go with it, but we're first serving a God, and I know we need to respect our husband, and I know we need to love our children and lead them to become a beautiful, Christian, loving God's um, adult, but there's no way God wants us to lose ourselves. We still have talents. We still have a calling as women. And I think it's okay to separate and take time to reach the destiny that God has planned in our heart mm. instead of being frustrated at home, eating more, being grumpy for, for so many reasons. And I think, yeah, I had to break the mold of the perfect mom. Mm-hmm. And actually, when I... COVID gave me the permission to do that, mm. the installation, because I spent much more time in the gallery because at some, at some point they thought I had COVID, so I had to isolate myself. And for three weeks, I was lying down in the gallery thinking, maybe I'm going to die. 
And then it was good because it was a great way for me to, to think to mm. everything that I was doing that was so going against love and patience and etc. So and actually after three weeks being away from my family, feeding from nuts and water and really a simple life because in the gallery they don't know how water nothing. I realized what a family survives without me. <laughs> Mm. And I spent so much time with God and to have clarity and and our relationship improve and my son get more independent and did more at home and everything fall into place. So it was, yeah, it was a catactic moment, like to say that this idea that the mom needs to do everything, it's absolutely obsolete. I have a, a call and I need to honor that call to please God. Mm. That was my breakthrough. But, I mean, there's not many people that think that way, so I don't want to... No, that's wonderful. That's okay. It's it's your experience, and it's your story, and it's worth, you know, telling, and it's worth hearing. Um, I'd be interested to hear, uh, Tatan, some, maybe some of the struggles that you face, um, the pressures that you face as a woman, uh, as a mom, the pressures that you face as a woman, as a, um, a wife, and uh, a professional... Uh, working woman, maybe balancing and juggling some of those um, some of those titles. What's something I might, as a man, not experience or not know or not understand? Yes, probably not because we educate differently. Even I had modern parents, but still were conservative. My mother never worked. I remember her going out to put the rubbish been out she, she was just changing shoes and she would put some makeup on before my father would come back home and that was really important and so I had to break the mold of this perfect wife <laughs> and and actually realize that actually I, I don't mean we are equal physically it, we have different gifts but I don't understand why a pilot can fly and come back on weekend and it's normal for the family mm. that a wife could not take two or three days off during the week to reach her full potential and come back and, and share the task because mm. I bring money, my husband bring money. This, but it, the hardest was just create a new possibility for a family. And I think God wants us to be creative. Every relationship is different and every family is different and there's lots of communication that needs to be done and the issue doesn't go between the man and the husband but go in front of two people that are team for life and then we talk, we share and then yes, it's hard because we have to break that. I had to break the mold of the mentality of this is what a woman should be doing and this is what a man should be doing. Mm -hmm. All this thing, it, it was it was hard, but with love and praying and the patience, then finally everybody grows and then we, we can become loving, mature, creative people living for God and not for a stereotype of the perfect husband or the perfect wife and mother. Yeah. How do you think, um, yeah, that's, that's a great way of putting it. How do you think the, um, the church exacerbates that? Because I think that um, you're right to say that we are both um, bare before the Lord. We're a man and we are a woman, um, but we have our independent relationships. 
but maybe, and you're talking about some of the stereotypes that face us as men and women and some of the expectations and pressures. Um, do you feel that there are um, particularly unhelpful things that the church uh, maps onto that, those stereotypes as well? Or do you feel that that's a, a different space for you or? I know that the, the church is completely in, in the, I mean, the church in general, I don't, I don't have any church in particular, but because I travel a lot and I've been to so many different churches, um, such a strong stereotype of the woman needs to obey her husband mm -hmm. thing. But actually, if if I look and I read the text, it's, it's so much like men will die for his wife, like Jesus died for his church. It's just this, all these sacrifice, the ego and the pride that a man, I feel, needs to sacrifice to really understand what it means to love a woman. And, and then, of course, a man that can do that for me, I can call him master because mm. I truly believe all his intention is to love me the best he can, to die from whatever the crap he learned <laughs> from his childhood, how mm -hmm. to be, you know, a mm -hmm. or a man should have power, or you should obey, or you should, you should, you should. Mm -hmm. no. mm -hmm. We need to respect our husband, and our husband should love us, like yeah. Jesus loved his church. He died for it. And this is a huge thing, and it started happening, but I really feel like I'm kind of pioneer in, <laughs> in the sure. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe um, we hear the narrative more that a woman needs to obey than the narrative of the man needs to lay down his life um, yeah. and, and one necessitates the other. Yes, and I think woman yeah. has, in, has been placed in men's life to help him to look after <clears throat> sorry, his garden. If I read the story of even Adam and I feel in my relationship Maybe I'm, I'm really blessed, but I hear God more in the spirit. So I know where is the next step. Mm. And, and when the next step is not the right step, uh, my whole body and spirit is saying warning, warning, warning. So, I, and I can, I think we're a good advisor for our husband. Mm. Because this pride and ego that came from men I don't know more than women sometimes it's hard to be hurt and I'm so blessed to have a husband that with time and experience have learned to accept my position mm. as in our marriage as I hear and with as much patience and respect I can say now this is not the right direction this is the right direction Mm. So we are really good with each other because no, I have the title of Raider. <laughs> hmm. So I can, I guide my family and I've been doing that for so long and it works. Yeah. What do you say? How long have you been married for? Um, I think 17 or 18 years. I'm not sure now. Yeah. What do you say to um, young women that are either engaged or considering um, getting married? What, what's your wisdom after 17 years? Or, or what do you think is, you know, we've talked about some of the things that, um, practically speaking, make marriage work. But do you have any 
um, notes or things that you pass on as nuggets of wisdom? Yes, marriage works when you are happy yourself, when you fulfill yourself, then your responsibility is to, sh is to share that happiness to your partner that needs to be happy himself on his own with his own journey and share that happiness to his partner. And then you've got a really strong couple, but often relationships start with this romantic idea of marriage and the attraction of sex and flesh and everything is mixed up. And I will really recommend find yourself first, find your talent, your passion, and anchor yourself in the calling that God has put into you. So the person that's going to join to you will enhance, accompany you in your calling and help you, but still being independent. Because if not, if a man follow his calling and a woman is just loving at home, caring and making herself ready and at some point, there will be an empty emptiness, and there's a huge pay to price for this emptiness. It's grumpiness, jealousy, bitching, shopping. There's just no, and there's no fulfillment, and it become the marriage becomes a struggle. There is this um, Saint Francis d'Assisi. I don't know how to say mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. Our only responsibility is joy, and to share that joy and that peace to the world. We cannot steal it from somebody else. We don't steal it from our husband. But as women, we are strong in our happiness and our fulfillment with what we do. Whatever we choose, there's no good or bad. And if it's just to have children, fine. That's not an issue. But our responsibility is to share happiness, not steal it like vampire to somebody or friends or husband. Do you know yeah, what I mean? I do. I do very much. Um, I feel like we get into relationships thinking the other person will fulfill us or bring us the happiness that we need or deserve or want or whatever the words we put into it. Um, so I, yeah, I very much understand, understand and see how relationships break down uh, when that is uh, abused. Um, curious to know, uh, I might just bring this up and then see what you think about it. But um, I've heard recently, um, and I was really happy to hear it, that humanity, so Adam in Genesis 1, was formed out of one mold. Um, so it was man and woman was one mold together. You picture a, a potter, piece of clay, a lump of clay. And it's only when uh, God split them that he took the rib but um, a better way of saying that, the Hebrew way of saying that is the whole half, the whole side of Adam, the human, and he split them and that's when he made man and woman. And so I feel like there's a, and then when we come back together in covenant in marriage, we come back together as one, as that one mold. And so humanity is fulfilled again in the picture of man and woman. Yeah. And um, I, I find it quite compelling and quite beautiful to hear it that way. Uh, but be keen to know your thoughts um, as it relates to the, the two becoming one again um, yeah. and your thoughts on that. Yeah, I think it's really important. And I think that's what sex does. The energy, there's something spiritual, there's something sacred and a mystery. It's a mystery. 
mystery that I don't grab, but I, f- I sense the oneness. Mm-hmm. If I suffer, my husband suffer. If mm-hmm. he suffer, I suffer. He's out of balance with his health or, or anything. I suffer. So it because we are one, his success is my success, and my success is his success. There's no mine, yours. Even we're two separate entity working and holding God hand in hand, we are together to partner in life to become better. Because you don't become better when there's no action, reaction. I know when I do something wrong because there is a reaction in my family or I upset my husband or or he upset me. So we are together, it's like mirror. I see you, you see me, I, I see your crap, you see my crap. And then we can talk about that and pray about that for each other. So we help each other, but also we become better and then this unity become better too because there's no way one will vibes or function not 100% without the other one suffering from it do you know what I mean it's just like two legs (laughs) Hmm. if I've got a pain in my left leg I mean the right one is going to have to carry it so my responsibility is to understand that everything that accumulate my sin my whatever it is, my laziness, my lack of patience, my lack of forgiveness, my lack of whatever, these millions. I mean, God is pruning me every day to become that better person. And he's pruning my husband. But if he doesn't see, I can, what's wrong with him? I I don't even start an argument anymore. I pray. Mm. And then at some point, Jonathan said, you know, by the way, (laughs) Mm. somebody said something that I've been saying for six months. And then, but then it's become an amazing team that function together to become this amazing unity of love and peace. And then we can extend to people outside. Yeah. Because everything, it's just like people feel a marriage that is beautiful and they can feel a marriage that is, that has issues. So. Yeah, that's so good. It's it reminds me of something that my wife says, and and I thought it was so profound when she said it. But um, when one of us is vertically aligned or holding on to the hand of Jesus in such a strong way, um, there can't be an argument. And I thought that was really interesting. So one person can you know really dig into the other person or get really bothered, but if one of the uh, the man or the woman is holding on to Christ so strongly and, and is at peace. Uh, in that vertical way, there won't be the argument. And I thought that was really neat um, because I've seen over the years how that can be true. How you said, you know, you don't uh, dig into your husband if you notice something, but you just pray for him. And that's such a sign of wisdom and maturity and patience. Uh, It's a beautiful sign. But I don't always have it. But then (laughs) and the silence in the gallery, then God can point and I can say sorry, and because I'm in progress too. But it's because finally we react because we still are weak. So, but when I understand if I get hurt, I've learned to forgive straight away, like seriously, straight away. Mm. I can stand the feeling of of holding a grudge of somebody. So I'm, I'm forgive straight away, but also, I had to understand that the person is growing. 
that he act from pride or he act from from impatience or he act da, 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 da. so mm-hmm. it was looking at him like he's just a sinner like me and give him some space to grow yeah and change so if i forgive him he will forgive my lack of whatever yeah <laughs> <Hopefully>. <laughs> i hear you sister i hear you hey um can we turn the page and talk about um your life as an artist, I'd be keen to know what you're doing, um, these videos and uh, some of those, like what spawned that, um, as well as just your journey as an artist. I'm, I'm interested in how you, how long you did that for. So maybe we can start with the, the videos and then kind of dig into the backstory a little bit more. Yes, the video, it's called uh, Modern Art. Because I've, art for me, creating art is worship. So as long as people create art for the sake of decoration and they don't tap in the voice of the spirit and act upon that voice, they're still going to do decoration. And, and I don't mean drawing Jesus and drawing Christian eagles and lions. It's not what I mean at all. Worship is to create with the voice of the spirit. So that's really important. And, and I, my little video is about reminding people how to be a true artist. It's to have the integrity of the art, the heart. You don't paint ever for money or for fame or for anything. You paint because it's so important. It's just like breathing. I'm not asking why I'm breathing. I have to. And painting is the same. And modern art is reminding people my, how to paint and live with the spirit. Because even more than painting some art or creating some sculpture, we are artisans of our own life. We create an artwork with our life. And the idea is to create a masterpiece. There's no way we can create a masterpiece of our life if we don't understand the trap of the enemy that wanna ruin everything that God has planned for us. The way we think, the way we act, the way we speak, everything is connected to creating a better future for us. It's an active way of thinking and speaking and acting. And yes, I want to remind that to other artists that fame doesn't come boom like that or a good artwork doesn't come just like that. There's a work to be done, mm. a spiritual work to be done mm. to get to there. Then we have painting that are rich inside, not just decorative. Yeah, that's really good. Can you tell me what it looks like for you to be led by the spirit to paint or to do something and what you mean by that? Is it... Um, do you feel like you hear an audible voice or a prompting or what does that manifestation look like to you? Okay, it's this all of it, but what is really important is to take the time to kind of meditate before starting painting. And I don't mean I, um, I go on a lotus position or something, but when I mm-hmm. arrive in the gallery, I make myself a green tea and I read the Bible and I pray. So I need to clear from everything that I get from home, the family, the stress, the laundry, mm-hmm. <laughs> what to cook for dinner. Mm-hmm. I have to leave that at home, come in the gallery, and then start the cleaning process. And then this three things, then I'm prompted by the spirit or to write my book or to do scripture or to do a video. So then I say, okay, God, here I am. 
and then I work in the gallery in the different area of work. And then I just feel the calling or the inspiration that it grew really fast. And then, because I want to stay in the spirit when the calling is there, I, I, I need to go fast and make sure that I don't lose it with negativity or fear or laziness. It's amazing how the enemy attack is, it's ridiculous, but it's, mm. <laughs> he's there, he's mm. there and I know him. So I have to act fast and speak live and speak in tongue. And I speak with God to make sure I stay in that spirit and I create, it's fast, it's strong. And then I stop mm. and I um, contemplate, think, correct, adjust, and I keep talking with God. It's just like he's with me. I talk to him like he's sitting next to me. That's beautiful. I love that. And I, I really resonate with what you say. As a creative myself, I very much resonate with what you say, how something can be a decoration or something inspired uh, and partnered with God on, if that makes sense. Like he, I, I feel there's times where I know the hand of God is blessed and has anointed and has been with me in that journey or times where I've decorated, you know, times where I've just done something and executed something. And I very much understand that tension uh, as an artist. Yeah. And, and, I, and I don't want to do decorate. Yeah. Then for me, it's, it's a bit like prostitution or it's just like, who am I? And it feels really yucky. Because if I left the marketing and the money and everything that was going with it, it's just to make sure I I want to be this pure artist. Okay, pure is a big word, but <laughs> I don't want to do it because people like it. I don't care the opinion of painting, the, the opinion of people on my painting, because I don't do that for them. I do it for God. And then if somebody gives me money to get one of those, sure. <laughs> but that's it. I just... I don't do commission. I don't do stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No. Yeah. Well, so tell me, um, maybe now, now going way back, let's um, start with an affinity for the arts. When did you realize that you enjoyed painting and you potentially wanted to do that? Or what did your schooling look like? Be, be interested to go back pretty far. Well, I believe that since I'm little, I always have been drawing little cartoons and little faces. But in Europe, an artist is just like being a drug addict. <laughs> you don't go there. Well, that was the, my generation. So, and I was not good at school. I didn't fit school at all, at all, at all. I had to do three times my last year of um, high school. The first time I feel because of a lack of maturity, the second time, I don't know how you can do that to a child, but I was so broken when the school after the third time, and I don't know how many different school I went through, they say, you're not gonna have it. Mm. So that was something that, that was a shock because according to my parents, if I didn't have this diploma, I couldn't do anything and I will end up being a nobody. Mm. So that was starting live with, okay, I failed. I completely failed. And then um, and then my parents put me in this optic school and they accept me because I was really good in math. <laughs> but there's something amazing that happened. My father said, if you succeed at school, I'll leave you in peace. 
And that was the magic word because I finished optic with the biggest distinction and I left. <laughs> hmm. And I left and then um, I started working for marketing because being a failure, I wanted to prove the whole world that money and power is important. So I worked my butt off to climb the ladder of success. And I was wearing the real Chanel. I just bought this amazing Lancia card. I was just, I just, it just, everything was so important for me to look good, to be rich. And I was just so lost, but the facade looked so amazing and my parents were so proud of me and my family thought oh you come so from so far away you know like from being a failure you're so successful and actually inside I was dead I knew I was dead until I blew a fuse and I just did that prayer that sounds like oh geez that life that was my prayer and God said what would you do if you had one year to live and that changed everything And then that's where I left from Belgium to New Zealand and with hardly nothing, but dying. I was dying staying in the marketing or I would have been dying trying to fly and know if God exists, so I had nothing to lose. So I went to the quest of finding God and and following my dreams. That's so good. Yeah, I picture, um, as you were talking, I picture um, a little girl who... um, you know, was drawing outside of the lines, so to speak, and the metaphor of that. And then you were kind of brought within the constraints of, uh, you know, coloring within the lines. And then you said, okay, I'm going to color in the lines better than anyone else, you know? And so you, you created this painting, but it wasn't, it just wasn't you and you needed to get off book and to get off script. And it was God's letting, letting you go of um, that realization that if you only did have a limited amount of time, what would you do? And and that's such a that's such a beautiful thing. That's such a freeing thing. Yeah, but also it's I would have killed myself. I really feel mm. that there was no way I could live keeping lying to myself and my soul and keep doing things for others for what people believe that was the right thing for a woman to do and 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 just try to understand that God actually has been all this time stretching his hand towards me, this saying, jump, jump. Mm. I put this desire in your heart for a reason. And he gave me the imagination. And I saw myself on the beach and I saw myself with a studio facing the water. And I saw, and all this thing that it puts in my brain to see it's up to me to make it happen or not. Mm. And, and then when I left from, um, where was I, no, which country? Yes, um, Australia, Perth. At some point, I was working for the Sunday time as a cartoonist. I had two children. Jonathan, my husband, was in China ordering guitar. And it, and I, I was preparing an exhibition to for Japan. It was so big and I was so tired. And I remember I prayed to God and I said, God, you give me all this talent, but it's too much. I don't know how to handle my family, my husband, my kids and everything I have to do. Mm-hmm. And then he said to me, just get a cleaning lady. And then I say, God, cleaning lady is so expensive. That's not funny. I didn't understand. It's like he was joking with me. And then when I say that, I hear the voice 
of my cousin that lived for a while in Mauritius Island and his voice said, in Mauritius Island, nannies and helper are really cheap. So I said to God, okay, God, you mean we need to go to, to Mauritius Island? And I felt that was the thing. And I have this vision of having somebody helping me with the kids, me having my studio so I can still work for the Sunday time, even from Mauritius Island, and to be on the beach. And I had this vision and I shared that with my friend and she joked and she laughed at me saying, you're crazy, you're crazy. But I said, no, if it's God will, it can, I can make it happen. And then when my husband came back from China, I said, Jonathan, we need to go to Mauritius Island. And he just said, okay. Wow. We left. <laughs> wow. And everybody said, you know, to be in Mauritius Island, or you need to be rich, or you need to be a pilot. And we were not rich, and we were not a pilot. But I said, <laughs> God has a plan, because he's telling me, go. So we went without knowing how we would be able to stay. And actually, after three months, the government started a new law for self-employers. Is that how you say? Mm -hmm. And then we got a five-year visa just like that. It was not even expensive. <laughs> wow, that's incredible. And it's been like that since all my life, from, from amazing to amazing. Mm. But there's so cool. a price to pay because it's from pruning to pruning <laughs> to so this is a, it costs because there's a constant sacrifice. Sometimes it, it leads me to some amazing situation, and at some point it's time to change. So it closes the door for a better one. But the transit between two situations can be really painful. I, I learned to to trust, but it is still this pruning and this cutting the branch that hurt, but it's part of the price to go to amazing, from amazing to amazing. <laughs> That's wonderful. What do you, how do you picture, um, as we kind of close this time together, Tatan, how do you, how do you envision eternity? What's your current thinking on, on being with God, being united, uh, the next phase of what we're all going to experience? Well, uh, all those who are in Christ, what we will experience. What's your, what's your current thinking on that? This two things. I want to work hard for those who doesn't know mm. because dying, not knowing where you're going, that's just, it must be painful. But personally, I can wait to go. I can wait. And I feel my flesh is a gift. The experience on earth is a gift. Being married to an amazing husband is a gift. My beautiful, everything is a gift, but it never reached the ankle of God's legs. So I can wait to go. I can wait. I live my life the best I can with him doing exactly as much as possible what he asked me to do. But every day, I'm, I'm happy to jump and go. I'm, I'm there, God. Just <laughs> take me. And I love, my, I love my family. And I'm so blessed to have the life I have in my own gallery. And everything that is coming seems so amazing. But it's nothing compared being with God. Everything actually is in the way. My flesh is in the way, being tired. It's just the whole thing of being a human. It's just, I find it painful. So yes, I can't wait to go. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you, sister. And and I very much hear you how that can be. Um, uh, yeah, it, you are full. You are full now, but you're wanting a fullness that's even more. 
if yes. that makes sense. Like you have the blessing now and yet you want to to be with the one where you know you have utter fullness. And that's a, yes. a beautiful picture and a testament to um, the work that he's done in you and um, the relationship that you have with him. It's, it's remarkable. Thank you. Well, thank yeah. God. Yeah, thank God. It's Absolutely. Really for me. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, it's been um, wonderful to chat with you today. This, is, this interview has made me smile and it, it brought my spirit uh, uh, fullness and... Um, yeah. And so I want to thank you today for your wisdom and, and sharing with me um, some of your struggles and some of your learnings as well. It's my pleasure. And thank you for asking me to share. I mean, it's, I feel really touched that you did that. And, and thank God. And yes, bless you. And whatever you're doing, your ministry, I think you're doing amazing. And I keep you in my prayer. Now that we connect, I will keep you in my prayers. <laughs> thank you, Titan. Have a great have a great rest of your day. Bye. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Hey, friends. Thanks so much for listening today. If you found this episode helpful, please do share it with a friend. We want others to uh, embrace this unscripted life, this uh, life apart from promotion or perfection, but honesty and purity and love. So until we catch up again, let's consider how we may spur each other on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, but encouraging each other as we see the day approaching. Love you guys. Peace.